Welcome to the Mastering College Podcast, a guide to landing your dream job. I'm your host, Daniel Botero, and my goal is to help you take away that fear of graduating without a job and instead teach you how to land your dream job. Welcome back to this episode of the podcast. Today, I have arguably the best sales student in the country, Mr. Omar Nasser. Omar, how are you today? Doing great. How about yourself? Omar, I I am. I'm doing fantastic. I've been all day on campus and I've been looking forward to our time together because you are probably more heavily recruited than a five-star recruit. <laughs> That's a lot of praise. I appreciate it. I, it's not, yeah. I, I, it's, I didn't make this up. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of, you know, I think a lot of the efforts that I've done while I've been here in college have really yeah. paid off, and a lot of the fruits of the labor are a result of that. So yeah. I have a lot of recruiters reaching out to me. Um, still, even though I recently just accepted a job offer, I still have a lot of other recruiters reaching out to me, seeing if they could, you know, hopefully land a spot, have me land a spot in their company. And let me, let me tell you why I was really excited about having you on this podcast. 80, 85% of students are graduating without having a job lined up. That's right. And you probably get contacted by a recruiter or a company, or talent acquisition manager, or even VPs try to dine and dine this guy. <laughs> and so I wanted you to share some of the, your secret, or not necessarily secret, but what you did right, because I think what you did could be mimicked, and other students can have that level of success. So yeah. before we get into all that, Omar, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Absolutely, I'd love to. So uh, for those of you who do not know me, my name is Omar Nasser. I was born and raised in South Florida. Uh, the whole Fort Lauderdale, Miami area for 19 years of my life. And really at one point, what happened was I found myself getting this really repetitive nature. Uh, every day was the same cycle. I'd wake up in the morning, play Call of Duty with my friends, go play basketball, eat Chipotle, order the same thing every single day. And it just kind of became a really big cycle. And one day I kind of had this big realization that I had to do more and that my life was going to consist of a lot more than me just being in a routine. So I... When I literally packed my whole room into my car, applied to UCF, and I drove up to Orlando, not even with an apartment ready. I just said, I'm going to find something today, and I'm I'm going to make this big change. And the big thing for me is, you know, in, in my family, college is always talked about a lot. It's always important to say, hey, go to college, but not really any anything else, just except, you know, go to college, and it's going to be good for you, right? I never really knew what the value behind college would be, except for the fact that I might get a good job at the end of it and I'd get a lot of money, right? So this whole college self journey has really been like a self-process in a sense. I've been really experimenting and playing along as it goes and just really just trying to learn at the end of the day. is just every day is a new learning experience for me because this isn't something that, you know, is, is really profound in my family. Great. So, Omar, let me... Uh Share with me a little bit about your your beginning at the university. So you got to UCF. Were you a freshman? Did you go to community college first? Like, what was the the first two years? Your freshman and sophomore yeah. year per se. So 
Coming out of high school, you know, I never really had the highest GPA. And that's something I want to talk about a lot later is that GPA isn't everything. Um, but in high school, I didn't have the highest GPA. I was mostly involved in a lot of extracurriculars. And I applied to every school in Florida, got denied by all of them except University of North Florida in Jacksonville. So I said, all right, I'm going to college, went there. Like I said, I didn't really know anything about college. So college was so expensive that literally I remember there was a week that I was stealing peanuts from my roommate because I didn't have enough money to go and get food. Uh, if my mom's listening to this, I'm sorry. Don't don't beat me up, please, mom. <laughs> I was too embarrassed to tell you. But yeah, I was eating my roommate's peanuts and drinking a big glass of water. Um, after my first year of realizing it was way too expensive, I decided to go back to community college and, and Broward College in South Florida. Um, went to Broward College for a year. And then after I got my associates, I said, okay, now is the time that I can get out of the cycle and really go to UCF where I can start making a big name for myself and getting out of that recycling routine. So you got your AA from a community college after, you know, going to uh, school sometime in Jacksonville. So you got to UCF and it's the second largest university by student population in the United States. Where did you start? Like, how did you get involved or did you get involved? Tell me a little bit about that experience. Yeah. So I came up to UCF because I wanted an experience that I wasn't getting back at home just in that same routine. And my roommate at the time, she was really good friends with another friend of mine. And they were coming out to Delta Sigma Pi's recruitment event. So Delta Sigma Pi is a professional fraternity on campus that's really only for business majors. And they were coming out to these recruitment events. And, you know, one day I said, I went up to the table. They had a recruitment event. I went up to them and I said, look, you know, I don't know who you guys are. I don't know what you guys do. All I know is that I've heard a lot of success stories from the people in your fraternity that you have been able to help people grow in a really professional manner and just develop themselves. And I'm hungry. I'm coachable. I'm ready. Just take a chance on me. And I promise you won't ever look back on your decision. And so lo and behold, uh, thank God they accepted me in. And I went through a very rough uh, whole pledging semester. But that really helped me get my first couple of um, stepping stones in, right? It helped me build my professionalism, helped me learn how to network. It really humbled me. I learned really quick that I wasn't the best and I wasn't as high as I thought I was. And and that's really where that whole process kind of started. And I, I know because I was part of D, uh, Delta Sigma Pi as well. I'm still part of your lifetime, lifetime brother. That's right. And I think that's where we actually met for the first time. It was before you even were part of the professional selling program, which we'll talk about in a second. And it does help you get prepared, which any, you know, whenever you can put yourself in a situation where, where you're like-minded people and, and sharpen iron, sharpen, uh, iron sharpens iron, yeah. <laughs> then you're going to set yourself up for success. So Omar, still, you know, Delta Sigma Pi has 100 brothers. You know, there's very, you know, great students there. But you've been able to position yourself as, you know, one of the most sought out students, you know, in the mm -hmm. College of Business, if not all of UCF. So what may, what came next? Yeah, so one of the biggest things for me is, is attitude, right? And, and the way I describe attitude is the way I'm talking about it right now is, how you believe in yourself, how you think about yourself, and just your perception on your ability to do anything. For me, my attitude has always been that it doesn't matter if I'm less experienced than you, if my GPA is lower than you, if I don't have the same credentials as you, I'm going to work harder than you, and I'm going to do your job better than you can. Um, 
I have two philosophies in this world. Um, one of them is, is my favorite quote from my favorite um, artist, Kanye West. Someone will always be prettier, someone will always be younger, and someone will always be smarter, but they will never be you. And so for me, when I heard that quote, the very first time that I, that I ever heard it, I knew that it didn't matter that I wasn't one of the students in, in, the, in a career fair that had the highest GPA and had four other internships. I knew that I was going to create so much value within myself that you wouldn't even want to consider anybody else. And that's always been my mentality is create so much value that when they meet me, the process needs to stop and that they're going to be dead set on getting me. And that's always my mentality on on just providing myself and positioning myself as the best. The second mentality and mantra is every morning I wake up, I say, I'm not working for my first name. I'm working for my last because at the end of the day, you have to create a legacy for yourself. And I'm looking at as 20, 30 years on the road, when I have kids, I want them to be able to have that role model and say, here's all the things that my dad did. I want to be just as great, even greater than he ever was. Make, makes sense. And so I know you had, did you always have that level of confidence and attitude or was that, did you build it throughout your college career? Yeah. So I've been really blessed to have an amazing life, um, especially a childhood and Growing up, I mean, no matter where I was, whether it was my family, my family always kept telling me that I was going to be amazing, that I would I would do incredible things in this world. Um, when I was involved in my church, you know, the pastors would always say, you know, God is speaking to me and he's telling he's telling me you're going to be amazing in this world. So I always had a lot of positive, like positivity and a lot of encouragement. Um, but the really big change was when I joined the professional selling program, because once I joined the professional selling program, I was around 31 of the of the whole college's, of the entire college of business's best students. And and to say that they were working harder than everybody else was and they were positioning themselves as the best candidates. So once I was around the 31, I said, okay, there's 60,000 students in UCF, 10,000 in the college of business. Now I'm a part of a very elite 31 students. How can I be that best one? And that was my challenge every single day. I never wanted to fall behind anybody or have another recruiter think that anybody else was more um, or better fitted for a certain job. I always wanted to be that number one. And so how did you do that? So you got into the professional selling program, which is a very, very hard program to get into in the first place. And so when you got in, your mentality was like, I want to be number one as well. So how did you differentiate yourself from the rest of the other very, very talented students that were in the class? And, And it's tough, right? So, I mean... For me, I was I was literally surrounded by people who were doing way more than I was doing at the time. People who looked like they had their entire life together. And, you know, whether you're going into a company and you already have some rock stars or superstars in a company or you're going into whatever it is, you have to find things that are going to separate you from everybody else. For me, it was it was, I think, two different things. Um, one was LinkedIn. I started posting on LinkedIn almost daily really creating a brand for myself online and creating awareness as to who I was so that recruiters, and I would always be just top of mind for everybody. If you were in the College of Business and you had a LinkedIn, uh, most of the time, if you as soon as you opened the app, I was probably one of the first posts you saw just because I was always interacting with people on LinkedIn through the College of Business. So I guess the word the algorithms or whatever. Um, so I was always top of mind for recruiters as well as in the College of Business. The other thing I did was competing. So the professional selling program does competitions, um, they do multiple competitions, but there's two really big ones that they do. The International Collegiate Sales Competition, which is in the, in the fall, 
which is about 144 competitors from about 72 different schools. And then the National Collegiate Sales Competition, which is a little bit bigger than the international competition, which is roughly around the same uh, the same amount of students. It's just a little bit harder uh, regarded to as the Super Bowl of sales. And so for me, I knew that if these two were the standard, these were this was the highest achievement you can get in sales, then I needed to compete and perform at that highest level. It makes sense. So you, how do you get in the team? So the way the team works is you have to do a role play in class. And our sponsors, we have about 40 sponsors in the professional selling program. Our sponsors grade the class and they select who they think was the top two competitors or the top two role plays. And those are the people who end up competing. And so you got on the team and how did you train and what was the result? Yeah. So a lot of it, I mean, I I attribute all my success to my team, my teammates, because they were the ones that were putting in those four to six hours daily. Right. I reduced the hours I was working at work when I was at work. I was focusing on the competition. Everything I was doing was training myself to be that number one so that when I got to the competition, I wouldn't feel worried about whoever was there next to me. I could say confidently that I've outworked the rest of my competition because that's always been my thing is always outworking people so that I could be the best or I wouldn't have any doubt about my ability. And so how how did you do? Uh, So the international one, I tied for first place. And they gave me second. Extremely salty still. <laughs> uh, very mad. <laughs> and then the national one, I got third place for it. And so that's amazing because usually it's really rare that a student's able to compete in both. Um, and so, Omar, for you to have been able to do that and be able to place, you know, in the top five on both, really giving you um, that experience – I bet that after that competition, I mean, how many recruiters were reaching out to you? It was fun. It was the night of, of the national competition when they announced the Final Four. Before I could even go to my team or even call my mom, I just had a line of companies coming up to me. I felt like a superstar, like a celebrity. Um, and I don't I don't want to say that or make it sound like in a very bragging yeah. way. But for me, it was, you know, like I said, coming into college, not knowing anything about companies other than Amazon, Google and Microsoft knowing that I came in with zero professionalism. I'm in my last semester now. I've worked, I put in over, I want to say over 300, 400 hours of role playing in a whole semester just to be able to compete. Having a line of sponsors and and recruiters come after me and just, you know, trying to set up interviews. For me, I was like, that was my defining point saying, hey, the fruits of your labor have paid off and and here you are. Everything's in full fruition for you. And Omar, so what, if you can start college all over again, would you do anything differently? Yeah, I do a lot. I'd start reading books a lot earlier. Man, I was one of those people who always said, why would I read a book when I could just watch the movie, right? My brother was always super big and into reading and he would read all the Harry Potter books in two days. And I'd say, bro, I'll wait a year till the movie comes out, right? That was always my mentality. But I've been reading a lot more books on on self-development, a lot more books on sales and and just really learning how to network properly, different techniques, right? I never want to be able to say that I'm at a disadvantage or that I can't perform something, like I said, to the same quality as my peers. So if there's a new sales technique out there, a new method, I want to read up on it and I want to be able to educate myself so that I'm always one step ahead of everybody else. So one, books. Um, Two, your whole branding game, right? Like whether it's business cards, thank you notes, all these things make the world of a difference. And if I could have started that when I was a freshman, man, I'd be light years ahead of where I am right now. 
And then the third thing I would say is, is really looking for opportunities to just grow and, and not getting comfortable, right? In my first two years, I was so comfortable with the cycle that I was in and just being stagnant. And once I got out of that, I got, I, I, I got addicted to what success felt like and how much growth I could have. And, and that's been my drive every single day since. So a lot of the things that you were talking about, branding and then reading books, that all comes towards like a mindset. Yeah. How is your mindset differently now than when it, when you first started college? I think now my mindset is, you know, when I first started college, I was very just, you know, hey, things are going to happen. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be, you know, God's going to throw something good in my way always. What I've started to come to realize is that nothing's going to come to you if you don't reach and seek it first, right? So there could be... a a load of benefits coming at you, but if you're not actively looking for them and reaching out for them, they're never going to get to you. So, you know, you have to look for opportunity. You can't let opportunity find you. There's a quote about that somewhere. I just don't know what the quote is. Um, But at the end of the day, you need to be able to seek everything out for yourself. And if you don't want a better life for yourself, that better life is never going to come to you. Right. So what are things that students can do if they're not in the professional selling program to, or if you know if they don't have access to that program that they can do to help them stand out among, among like stand out amongst you know the thousands of students they go to school with and be able to get recruited like you yeah so good question and, and for any student out there I would say find your niche right whether you're going into real estate you're going into management finance accounting find something that you can say where where people are competing at a, at a level whether it's finance, I'm sure there's there's competitions or there's programs you can do that separate you from the rest or management. Um, no matter what it is, find your niche and find how people are, are being ranked. For me, I knew that coming into sales, that the competitions were how programs were ranked. And the higher program was ranked, the more attention it got from different sponsors. So for me, that was always my intention was how much more um, can I keep the prestigious program at the level that it was from the year before? And can the rest of my teammates help me achieve that? And so that was our goal, right? So we always look to make sure we are number one. And for you, I would say look for a program, look for a market or a niche that's going to help you distinguish yourself from everybody else. Number one. Number two is, is use LinkedIn. Talk about something on LinkedIn every day, whether it's about something in your in your field, whether it's about an experience you had the day before. Be top of mind to recruiters because at the end of the day, if a recruiter is going to click on your profile... I'm sorry, everybody has the same, I am a junior finance student seeking an entry-level position and I am extremely goal-oriented and, and that's all bullcrap, I'm sorry. Like, that doesn't matter. None of, everybody knows that's completely fake. Put your story on your LinkedIn. Talk about who you are. Talk about the experiences that make you who you are because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that's what a company is going to recruit. They're not going to recruit somebody who has a, a 4.0 GPA and is extremely detail-oriented. No, they're going to hire somebody who meshes in with their culture and who can perform at a high level while still being able to contribute to the company. So use LinkedIn, post as much as you can, write articles, change your LinkedIn bio to actually talk about who you are, just like your Instagram talks about who you are. Your Instagram doesn't show you as a black and white professional. No, it shows you as you in your true state and form. Be able to balance that professionalism with yourself. And the last thing I would say is is 
is not to focus so much on a number like a GPA unless you're going into an extremely technical field like accounting. If you're an accounting major, by all means, go for it. Like you need a high GPA. Show them that you understand the material because that's literally what you're doing. Management, marketing, everybody else, a GPA is great, but no no company's going to judge you. I've never yeah. been one at, once asked that, you know, your GPA isn't high enough to meet our requirements. Only no. one time. Only one time. Okay. And you that, can just tell that, the story without saying the company though. Yes. Okay. Um, I was being reached out by um, a vice president of a sales company. And the vice president had been reaching out to me just about every single week and asking me to come for a ride along, to come for an office visit, to just pretty much see if he can hire me as soon as possible. We had a career expo at UCF and I went to the career expo to say hi to the to the vice president because he told me he would be there. Well, when I went by the table, I said, hey, is so-and-so here? And the gentleman said, no, he's not, but what can I help you with? I said, oh, I'm part of a sales program. You know, we've been talking a lot back and forth and you know, he really wants to recruit me. So I just, I just really want to say hi. He goes, okay, well, do you have your resume? And he looks at my resume and starts going, okay, well, hmm. okay. Uh, well, sorry, man, your GPA is not high enough. And I said, well, what position are you looking for? He said sales. So I said, okay, well, are you going to ignore the fact that I just tied for first place at the international collegiate sales competition? He said, well, I said, or are you also going to ignore the fact that I sold a million dollars in six months worth at Apple, that 94% of all the business I conducted was business revenue, and that I maintained a 96% customer satisfaction rate at Apple, um, and that I also managed at the time 200 small to medium-sized business accounts on the business end. said, or are you just going to focus on my GPA? He goes, oh, okay, well, well, you know, the thing is, is, is GPA is really important. I said, if you're, if you're trying to hire a GPA, Go to anybody else in this arena because I'm not your guy. But if you want somebody who can show you that they can perform at a high level, they can they can do the, what the job requires and go above and beyond, then I'm the right guy. But if you don't know what you're looking for, I'm sorry. Go find the right GPA because that's not me. And I said it in a very humble way, but at the end of the day, it's once again, it goes back to the attitude, right? I'm not going to let somebody tell me that I'm just a number and that I'm amounting to just a GPA. I know that the work I've been doing, the everything that I've been doing leading me to this point has put me at a place where I can say that I'm going to be that number one person in your company. And what I got in a class three years ago, my freshman year, four years ago, my freshman year in beginner's chemistry is not going to determine the kind of person that I am. So GPA does not define you, your actions, your experiences, and the way you treat others with your beliefs and your values. That's what defines you. And that's what a company is going to hire. Right. And so I think GPA, it's important to your point. Like you said it yourself, like I always talk about technical versus non-technical majors. When you're, when you're in a technical major like engineering or even accounting, whereas the GPA is one data point that proves the employer that you can do the job, the technical job that is needed to be successful at the position. And when um, and so for those types of roles, you need that because the best indicator of future performance is past performance, and the GPA helps determine your future performance. But when you're going into a non-technical role, specifically even sales, the GPA is not a good indicator. It's a, it's a small indicator, and when, which you cannot weigh everything there. So your interpersonal skills, your communication skills, the way that you're, you sell yourself, your attitude, what you've done, your leadership skills – 
those are going to be more important on determining how successful you will be on those roles. And to your point, I've never, I, when I was in college and I had multiple job offers, never did I get asked my GPA. Mm-hmm. Never. But it also was because of the positions that I was applying for. I was not applying to a big four accounting firm. They require a high GPA. I was not acquiring for Lockheed Martin Engineer Program. They require a specific GPA. So I think you just got to know who your audience is. Who, where are you going to apply? Absolutely. Where is your dream job? And understand what is it that they're looking for and then build those skills. And that might be the GPA. Um, and some of them might be a 2.5 or a 3.0. And, and they just want to make sure that you actually learn something. But it's not the most important thing that we grew up thinking that the GPA was it. Like sacrifice everything to make sure you have a high GPA. I think that could be a very big mistake if you're going to a non-technical. Yeah. One thing you did mention, and then we'll wrap it up because I know you're a busy person, is LinkedIn. Um, you were the first student that I saw actively posting on LinkedIn. I've now seen that become more of a trend. Yeah. What are some of the things that, what are three things students can post about on LinkedIn that employers like seeing? Um. So LinkedIn right now is getting really big on video. So if you're comfortable in front of a camera um, talking to a non-existent audience at the moment, uh, so it, it shows a lot of confidence, right? Like how people act on camera kind of gives them a good idea, gives other people a good idea of how they react in front of other people. So I would say get comfortable posting video content or just posting in general. I normally, if when I wake up, if, if I don't know exactly what I'm going to talk about or what I'm going to post about... I just literally reflect on my day before. I take five to 10 minutes, look at everything that happened the day before. Was there a lesson that I learned? Was there an experience that I had? Did I have a you know, crazy interaction or a wow moment? And how can I relate that to business? Or how can I talk about that? Um, you know, I've, I've made posts ranging from the World Cup to my experiences when uh, a company flew me out to Utah uh, for an office visit. And, and I did a post out there literally next to a waterfall, right? So it doesn't really... There's really no range to what you can talk about. Just keep it relevant or or keep it in a way that's going to help at least somebody else out there. Um, I post a lot of tips on, you know, motivational speaking, on, you know, organizing yourself, on, on goals. I know that's another big thing you've helped me with is goals. Um, and, and sales tips as well. Uh, one big tip, and this one's coming in a post uh, next week, is resume, right? So anybody listening out there, if you want to distinguish yourself from everybody else in, in a career expo, take out that skill section on the bottom where you talk about how proficient you are in Excel, PowerPoint, and Word. You're a millennial. You should know how to do that. Babies are coming out of wombs being proficient in Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you're not good at any of those, you're not doing your job as a millennial. So take out that section where it says, Hey, I'm proficient at Excel, which half of us are always lying about anyways, and put fun facts about yourself. Put something that is a conversation starter when you meet with an employer, because when they look at your resume, when they look at the top, they're immediately going to jump straight to the bottom. And what are they going to see? They're going to see fun facts about yourself, icebreakers, things you're passionate about that they can create a conversation with. And those conversations are going to go a lot further than them just asking you, oh, you have this GPA. Oh, tell me about your experience at this company. No, they're going to get to know you as a human, see that you mesh with their company, with their values, with their core traditions. And like I said, people do business with people who they like and who they trust. 
if a, an employer at a, at a career fair likes you, if they feel like they can trust you or they feel like they can they can get along with you, chances are a lot more people in the company can get along with you as well and you'd be a good fit. So take away those lies at the bottom. Stop saying you're good at Word and Excel and talk about yourself. Stop forgetting who you are and take away this black and white cookie cutter form and show them, hey, my name is Omar Nasser. I have two crazy Yorkies named Baby and Fuzzy. I know every Kanye West lyric known to man. And I did a road trip from Colombia to Brazil that took two months for the World Cup in Brazil. And that has generated way more conversations and fun interviews than me putting Microsoft Word and Excel. I've literally been asked to rap lyrics to a Kanye West lyric in an interview because my resume made it so fun for them. I think that's 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 amazing. Omar, you've said so many great things in the last almost half an hour now. What are three things that if a student is listening to this, because you said a lot, of, you said more yeah. than three things. What are the three things that a student should take away from this episode? Right. Attitude is everything, right? Believe in yourself no matter what. Even if other people don't believe in you, believe in yourself. Number two, create value. Become the best in your field no matter what it is. Like I said, find an area where you can separate yourself from everybody else and show people why you are the best person for the job. And three, man, don't stop learning and posting on LinkedIn. My challenge is if you're if you're hearing this right now, once this podcast is over, go on LinkedIn and just tell a story from the day before. Talk about something you believe in. Talk about an experience that you recently had. But don't stop sharing with the world who you are because somebody is always listening and you never know where that's going to take you. Omar, I... I I think, you know, you said so many great things that obviously is easy to see or easy, very easy to hear why you're so successful in college and why you're able to have so many different opportunities being flying around the country to uh, interview and have companies dine you and wine you to try to go work for them. I would want to hire you too. So anytime <laughs> if you're looking for a job, I'll, I'll find a I job for you to do, my friend. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for sharing all this information with the audience. How can the audience connect with you? I was just about to say thank <laughs> you. Um, I love helping other people out. If you're in college, if you're in business, doesn't matter. If there's any way that I can be of assistance to you or help you out, or if you want to write your first LinkedIn post and you want to shoot it over to me so I can, you know, a lot of people in the fraternity have been doing that. Whatever way I can help you, no matter what it is, just reach out to me. I'm on LinkedIn, Omar Nasser. Um, I'm here to help. I'm here for you guys. Um, I want other people to have as great of an experience as I've had, if not better. So whatever way I can be of assistance to you, please let me know. And and I'd love to help. Omar, thank you so much, my friend. And Appreciate it, brother. I thank look you. forward to seeing what you do with your career after college. Thank you, brother. Thank you from the bottom of my heart from taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen to this episode. I truly hope that you loved it as much as I enjoyed making and creating this content for you. My goal is to provide content that's going to help you master college and land your dream job. So if this helped you and if you know someone that should listen to this podcast, please, please share it with them. Nothing will make me happier than to see this podcast grow and make this community bigger so that we can help 
every student be able to graduate with their dream job. And I hope to see you guys in the next episode.